Good everyone. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the author's oh, the author's quill. I was going to say the author's critic there for a minute. I'm thinking of a whole different other show, but anyway, welcome to the author's quill. I hope everyone's having a good afternoon or good morning or good evening wherever you happen to be watching us from on our big beautiful blue planet. I notice our international audience is growing every week, so it's nice to see all over. And I see uh, quite a few people logged in from London tonight. So I uh, hope you're enjoying it. What is it? It's, what is it? Ten o'clock over there right now. Oh, man, it's just, it's not even late for y'all. Y'all just chilling out, watching 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. Why don't y'all ain't in the dub, out in a bar, a pub playing darts? There you go. Why ain't you not in a pub playing darts? Shame on you, Brit. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> I appreciate y'all hanging out and listening with us tonight. It's great. We have Larry Nevin with us and John Goodwin. I'm going to do a proper intro in just a second. Um, Remember, guys, if 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 you have any moans, groans, bitches, or complaints, you can always write to Michelle DeRoche. That's her job, and she'll... She'll take real good care of you or she'll just kick you somewhere. So you, and I, I'm not sure which way it'll go. But um, if you're looking for a particular guest or you have a particular guest that you really want, it doesn't matter what show it is. It could be this show. It could be any show in the network out of the 30 shows we have right now. Um, send the person. When you send us the name, try to give us as much information as you can. Some kind of bio on the person, maybe an email or a phone number, contact. Make it easy for the host or the person who does guest acquisitions for that host because then you have a much better chance of getting the guests that you probably want on your show. Tonight we have Larry Niven with us. Larry is probably one of the most prolific authors around. Probably got more awards than anybody knows. We're going to ask him about those later in the show. Uh, he's also a, a judge for Writers of the Future. Very nice guy. I got to meet him the first year. The first year, he probably thought I was a crazy man running around the, the gala. The second year, him and I got to spend some time together walking around and talking. But I, I find him to do a very, very interesting character. And, and we have John Good with us, Goodwin with us tonight from Galaxy Press. And he's also over there with Writers of the Future. And we're going to talk about all this in a little while. And, and by the way, this is all coming up in just uh, four months, I believe, right? Yes, four months out from the from the big event, and we're going to see how all of that goes. But, guys, welcome to the show. I hope everybody's having a good afternoon. And uh, how's things, people? How's things, Trixie? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm doing good. It's great here, and uh, I'm so excited that we got Larry on the show today. Yes, I am too. Uh, Larry, Larry, you got so much work. You got so many things you've done. I don't even know where to start with you. I mean, I was I was looking through I was looking through his Wikipedia bio this afternoon. I mean, the thing is freaking this long. Uh, yeah. you, you, <laughs> and then I see this thing about UFO, this UFO show. That was because that's one of the first things I wanted to ask him about. But I, I just found the uh, the whole thing, the way it flowed, to be very interesting. And it, so, Larry, let me ask you a question, man. What what? What made you decide you want to start writing? Or what, what? better yet, what was it that told you in your head, hey, I can be a writer. I can be an author. I was dreaming in math, daydreaming in math class. And my <laughs> daydreams started to take the shape of stories. I thought I'd give it a try. Yeah. Truly, I, I had run out of options. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know, I did a lot of daydreaming myself in math class. <laughs> Oh man! So I mean, so what? What did you start out with? I mean, what? What was your first real, I guess, real publication? What? What was it? Because you got to remember, I'm a layman. John knows all of this stuff, but I'm a layman, yeah. so uh, I'm just curious. What was it, and and how did you come about doing it? First short story was uh, the coldest place in worlds of if, 1964, uh, uh, June, no September. I think I was 30 seconds old then. <laughs> I was a little older than that. First novel was World of Tabs. 
So I mean, so I mean, did so when you started writing, it, did it was it just like was it? How can I ask this? Um, how do you write? I mean, first, uh, do you, do you, did you did you do by hand like on a notebook or a typewriter? And I mean, I know today we have computers and all that we can write on, but I mean, what is it that you feel really comfortable writing with? Um, it started with handwriting. I bought a typewriter pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> you get a few more words in that way, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me do it. Learned to typewrite from a uh, from a manual. That uh, that must have been fun. Some of it was fun, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Some you know, collecting rejection slips. That's yeah. not fun. Yeah, I'm bad. I remember typing class. I'm still cursing over typing class, by the way. <laughs> I, was yeah. just, I was like, and this this was my first probably year of typing was like this. Mm. You type now because you, <laughs> type. No, I can use 10 fingers. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, see, that's the way now. See, if you can use all your fingers, you're actually really typing and not just kind of playing around. So, so what is your favorite genre? I mean, what is it that you like to get? Do you, do you, do you get out there and fantasize or do you really like a hardcore science or maybe a more modern or more closer to time science? I'm just, I'm curious because when I, when I talk to people, especially people I know who've written in sci-fi, I'm always fascinated because I'm a big sci-fi geek and that's putting it lightly. <laughs> I mean, really, I'm, I'm a geek and a half. Uh, I like, uh, I like hard science fiction because people were, uh, were not doing it. When I got into the field, uh, there was room for me. I like hard science fiction, but uh, but I but fantasy is fun too. Fantasy is pretty much uh, giving myself a day off. <laughs> That's your vacation day. Huh? Well, I'm gonna write a little fantasy today. Now, can you cross through them? I mean, can you kind of kind of like twist the two together to come out with a story that you maybe have not thought of before? Sure, but I, I greatly admire a couple of uh, science fantasy uh, quadrilogies. Uh, the Book of the New Sun by, by uh, Gene Wolfe and uh, The Psycho of Pleiocene Exile by Julian May. Uh, they found the field pretty much empty, science fantasy that is, after after it petered out in the uh, 50s and 60s. Well, I know, I know as a kid coming up in the 60s, uh, there was some, some really good sci-fi out there and there was some, how can I say this politely? I don't, I don't know. Some people were just off daydreaming that they were writing sci-fi. I don't know how else to say it, but I mean, because there was some really good sci-fi came out of the 60s. And, you know, it would be nice to see some of that stuff taken today and modernized a little bit to see uh, what it would turn into, you know, just especially the ones that were turned into TV series or into movies or stuff like that. It would be nice to see it modernized. I would like to see like the Forbidden Planet uh, brought up to a more modern uh, and just to see how it would look from 2024, you know, e even though I still can't believe Leslie Nielsen <laughs> was the actor. I only knew him as a, a comedian. When I seen him in that movie, I was like, wait, wait, he's playing leading man. I didn't even know he played a leading man. Um, so that was, that was an interesting thing for me. So you have any favorite sci-fi movies or any favorite sci-fi TV series or? I believe the planet alone is perfect. And uh, favorite destination moon. 
I do, I do, I remember seeing that. I, I had to go back in my head for a minute. Uh, it, yeah, if 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 it was sci-fi somewhere along the way, I watched it. Probably drove my wife crazy because I used to sit up and and you know from like two in the morning to seven in the morning just watching any kind of the old sci-fi or well now some of it was newer, but uh, I just I just never could seem to get enough of it. Most uh, movies of of interplanetary travel end up going transcendental. There's there's just no way to uh, to uh, end a story of space travel. The, uh, the, there are some other, other movies that are not so ambitious and fulfill their ambitions. Rollerball and, uh, and uh, Westworld, for instance. Yeah. Yeah, because Westworld was a challenging thing in the beginning. I mean, they, they had to, uh, I mean, that was kind of, I guess when it first came out, it was a little bit on the risky side. Uh, Leo Brenner. Yeah, yeah, but it, it seemed to it seemed to pan out. Uh, now I can't I can't really speak for the new Westworld because I've only seen parts of it. Uh, I mean the the new series. So I can I can't I can't speak to it. I can speak to the movie because I've seen it a couple of times. But um, the um, the new sci-fi series. I just now my wife loved it. She she thought it was great. I haven't. I just haven't had a chance to see it, but I like stuff like that. I, I like anything that first off makes me think. Um, I don't. I don't want to open a book cover and go, "Oh shit, I know the end." And I, and I don't get me wrong. I've, I've opened a lot of books in my day and said, "Oh shit, I know the end." And uh, so I, I get aggravated with that. I, I want a story. I want something that grabs me, something that walks me around. I, all I hear is excellent stuff about you. So I, I just, I just love anything that makes me. It makes or it. You know, it don't always have to make me think. Sometimes it can just be fun. You know, there's a lot of sci-fi that is just goofy and fun, and that's what it is. But, I mean, do you have any preference for that? I mean, Larry, I mean, I know different writers kind of feel different moods, and, and then somebody feels like they can write in all the moods. I'm just curious. Uh, I'm trying to re retrieve a uh, title in my head. Uh, Galaxy, Galaxy Voyage, something like that. Uh, there was a perfect send-up of Star Trek. Though was it? Well, I'm not, why do I know that name from some? I'm gonna have to look that up because for some Galaxy reason it sounds Quest. really familiar. Oh, okay, Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. Quest. Yeah, Thank you. yeah, yeah. Galaxy that was Quest. Fun. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. It was fun. It was it was a lot of fun. It was stupid as hell, but it was it was just a great rip off of Star Trek. And yeah. and you know yeah, what? No one at Star Trek got offended. For Star Trek. First, you know, Spaceballs yeah, like that. Yeah, Spaceballs. And somebody asked um Captain Kirk or <laughs> such an Kirk, but somebody asked him at a press conference what he thought about Galaxy Quest, and he said, I loved it. It was funny as hell. And uh, but because a lot of people thought the Star Trek people were getting offended, but I don't know why they would have got offended. It was just fun. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. games among themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's now, Larry, you did um, you create this whole universe called Known Space, and then the um, uh oh, John, yeah. I think the aliens got John Larry. <laughs> I think his uh, machine is frozen, uh, John. Uh, this is Elon Musk calling John. This is Elon Musk calling John. John, come in, John. <laughs> oh, man. But we'll, we'll wait for him to come back. 
Now, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't get to read this. Now, all I seen was this title I was going by. It said UFO. It said you wrote this with someone else. It was you. What the hell was the damn title now? Um, I'm not much into UFOs. No, but this I don't I don't think this was like I'm not sure if this was about UFOs. If I can find yeah. a title, I'll um I'll bring it back and ask you. And okay. um, I just had seen the word UFO because UFOs to me need to stay in their own genre. You know, I mean, re- really and truly, UFOs have its own place. It doesn't need to be in sci-fi writing. I, I don't. Because I think sci-fi writing mostly should be about identified. If we're going to talk about aliens, let's talk about aliens. If we're going to talk about whatever, we're going to talk about them. I don't think we need to spend the whole movie uh, guessing on who's who. Um, it's like I, I, I was I was at a conference just recently, and there was a big argument about Babylon 5. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. And um, and people were talking about, was it great? Was it not? Was it good? Was it not? For me, the only thing I really liked about Babylon 5 was I felt – that it portrayed the human race in, in the series close to what we'd be when we actually get to that point to living in space. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I mean, there was a lot of bullshit politics going on. There was a lot of backstabbing, a lot of bullshit. Uh, it just seems like those kind of sci-fis also interest me. Things that I feel like, like uh, the expanse that's on um, Amazon. That's another one that, that feels like it's only maybe a hundred, 150 years away. Uh, maybe, maybe even sooner. It just seems. It's the title of what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a well. They they wrote they they wrote it in. um, Oh hell, now I can't remember who wrote it. Uh, There was six books, I think, and then they turned it into uh, like a mini, um, uh, like a mini series. Not even a mini series. It's like six seasons on Amazon is what they did. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting show. Now. So we went, I know we were talking about uh, fantasy sci-fi, and if you ever get a chance, there's a series called Altered Carbon uh, that does fantasy yes. sci-fi really well. Uh, yes. if, you, if, if you can get past the nudity now. <laughs> Altered, Altered Car- Carbon was wonderful. Yeah, oh, I, I loved it. I, I, I thought it was a great series. It was un- it looked well, very hard to do. Yeah, it does. Uh, uh, Jamie, uh, no, there's a lot of nudity in, in, in the beginning of, of Altico, but it's a great, it's a great little series. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's well thought out. Whoever wrote it was actually paying attention. They kind of kept the technologies that were semi-believable uh, while you were in there, which I always like that kind of good. Well, no, I don't mind. I like fantasy too. Don't get me wrong, people. I can, I can go off on a big fantasy too, but sometimes I just like technology that, that feels like I can understand it. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if y'all understand that or not, but I just feel comfortable with it. It's one of the reasons I like Star Trek as a kid, because the way Rodberry presented the technology was something that was half-ass believable. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, so it, it, it was a good thing. Yes, we know it was a Western. Oh, you made it back, John. We thought that we yeah. thought the aliens got you, man. Was, they did. It was, Larry a, it was brutal, but I made it back. Larry I and I were counting the protons. He was Larry. Uh, but we we were talking we were just talking about altered altered carbon when you popped back in, yeah. and uh, so but what's your favorite? So I I know you've you've written a lot of stuff. So if you had to pick a favorite, and I know this is hard. I ask this to artists all the time, and sometimes they just look at me like I'm losing my mind. But do you have a favorite out of everything you've written? I mean, something that you say, okay, if I had to put my my work out there first, this is what I'd want you to read first. Really, it depends on who I'm talking to. Uh, well, that makes sense, though. Uh, a, a non-science, a non-science fiction fan, I give give them Lucifer's Hammer. 
a military type, I'd give them a football. Uh, I, I died in the old science fiction fan, I'd give him Ring World. Uh, a hard science fiction fan, I'd give him the Integral Trees. Well, see, that, that sounds perfect to me. See, most of the people I ask this question to don't even answer it that way. They just say, oh, they just pick one out. And that's that's the way it should be because you really do, it really does matter on who you're talking to. You know, somebody, you might give somebody something that they might like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about, Christopher? Mockingbird, what? English, man, English. What are you talking about, Mock? Well, when you get your little paragraph down there straight, we'll read it and, and see what it is. So now we got John back, even though the aliens took him for a little while. I, I actually think that was Emily came and snatched him out of the room. <laughs> <Come here, boy. laughs> we know well, what, what were you talking about when you froze up. Yeah, so we were talking about, at least I was asking about um, known space and ring world, because we talked before about the story of how you, how you had to develop the science for that. And then other tech nerds challenged you on certain points that you had to fix. And so the importance of doing the proper research or knowing the correct science in order to do something. Can you talk about that? I think this is where my my mathematics background uh, got most used. I don't use it very much, but I needed to work out the specs for for the ring world. uh, Rate of spin, uh, size, gravity. Yeah, because you had the whole thing there you put together. But you said that you were challenged by somebody saying that the direction was wrong or the the spatial, the size of the ring or something was off that you had to fix. Let's see. Freeman Dyson, I asked his opinion. Uh, he said he couldn't figure out why, we, why I didn't build a lot of smaller ones. Uh, a million miles across gives you... Uh, you, gives you, you Climate orbited orbited around the sun instead of enclosing the sun. So you did the big one instead of the bunch of the small ones. I I wanted a cheap Dyson sphere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's any such thing as a cheap Dyson sphere. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, actually, though, from all the physics I've ever heard, there are possible, not, not of course, not for our level of technology, but for somebody else's level of technology. Yes, and, and didn't that one out by Kepler 571 or something, they still think that is a Dyson sphere being built out there because of the way the sun disappears for two, three, four days at a time. Uh, they can't figure out what the hell it is. And at first, they thought maybe it was an asteroid belt, but they don't know what it is. They, they, and just in case you don't notice, ladies and gentlemen, just recently, NASA changed the way and SETI changed the way that they look for aliens by looking for chemicals in the atmosphere that may be related to technology. And mm-hmm. now, on four planets, they think they may have found something. Gregory Bedford uh, wants us looking at uh, at the galactic core for uh, for intelligences. Well, for life. Yeah. I think, I think, I hate to say it this way, but I really think life is going to turn out to be the norm and not the ad norm. Now, not, it ain't all going to be intelligent by any means, but there's going to be a lot of intelligent life. And there's just going to be a lot of other stuff out there. I would bet you money that you're going to find life seven or eight places in our solar system, if not more. Um, you know, some of them may just be fish or plankton or whatever, 
but yeah, there's a couple of places. Yeah, there's a couple of places you're gonna probably find some type of life. Yeah, well, you know, who wants to be alone? It's all like all my friends always tell me that I actually I read a book just recently about why God wouldn't create life on other planets. So I wrote to the author back and said, why would you limit the creator? <laughs> it's the creator, man. Give me a break. I'm like, it created everything. What's it say? It didn't create some other stuff. <laughs> I just, you know, stuff like that just, just flips me over. But uh, and it, was, it was a boring book. I'm not going to say the title because I don't want to offend the guy. But it was, it, was, it was one of the more boring things I've had to read in the last few uh, years. Because uh, I, I really do. I, I'm, I'm a big geek for any kind of sci-fi, a lot of fantasy. Um, Lately, I've been been looking. I guess you would call it political sci-fi. I'm not sure what the hell you would call it, but um, there seems to be a lot of politics in it. And I can only do politics for so long, and then I got to move on to something else. The, but, the longer you continue a story, the more the, the politics creeps in. Yeah. Seriously. How's that work out for you? How's that work out for you, Larry? What did you say, John? How's that worked out for you? Where the longer the story, the more politics. Yeah, uh, writers learn this. It's it's a hard trap to avoid. Yeah, I can I can imagine, especially if there's multiple characters involved and multiple attitudes involved, especially if religions get into it. Uh, somewhere along the line, politics is going to have to creep in there, and it just. And I mean, if you're a good writer, I guess you can write it in without any problem. I couldn't, but you know, someone like you could probably, Larry. But I mean. Some people just can't seem to fit it into the story correctly. Um, it just, it just, it's like, I'm not going to say this nicely. It just doesn't belong there. You know, you can read, you can go through the story, which in the beginning is a really good sci-fi story. And then all of a sudden you found yourself marred in all this politics, which is still in the sci-fi story, but it kind of seems to take you out of whatever that, that trip you were going through in the beginning with that sci-fi where you were enjoying the movie or the book, and then all of a sudden, now you you just feel like you're marred in a bunch of well, cracker cracker politics like we're dealing with today. And I realize, and I just I'm, I'm not you know I tell people this all the time. I don't need to learn lessons from things I'm reading or watching. If I want to learn a lesson, I can turn on CNN or go to church. When I when I read a book or or watch a movie or a series, I'm looking to escape to a different world. That's what I'm looking for. Sure. Uh, we writers, we're all compulsive teachers. Well, See, that's even better because. Uh, yeah, yeah well, you're, uh, you're also a philosopher too. With yes. What you, with what you put out there, like in Ring World, because that's the one I'm most familiar with. But there's definitely the whole philosophy of of how they make it to Ring World and what gets them when they arrive at Ring World. There's a definite you're philosophizing on things too. It was a philosophical stunt, uh, Teela Brown, with her, with her, with her psychic power for luck. Yeah, yes. and she she was a person that she was just she always had she always got the lucky break. She was always she always had luck, so she was able to survive all these other encounters that would otherwise result in other people being dead. She survived it. She just she always had the luck. Mm -hmm. She's pretty cool. Uh, oh, you wrote you wrote some of the land that are lost. Any of the good ones? I wrote a few of those. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll probably see it all of them. So <laughs> after next time, I'm now going to go look and watch and see. Um, uh, Christopher said he's asking if you wrote any of the Star Treks. I think you he did, didn't you? I wrote one Star Trek cartoon. 
Hey, well, I Universe. I should have. It's uh, the cartoons came late. Yeah, they did. They did. I, I remember when they when they came out because I think I watched the first season of them, and uh, and then I don't know. Life took over after that. Real life took over, I guess I should say, and uh, went went on went on from there. Uh, did you have any like favorite uh, series you, you wanted to write for, or that you were writing for? Uh, David's series was Land of the Lost, right? Yeah, uh, I wrote one one with. Uh, they were all written with paper. Uh, two of them were were were. Uh, look, here's what happened. Uh, I I wrote uh, a story of for David that. Uh, that, that he came up with a plot line. And then, then the uh, studio started ma making changes. Uh, this was downstream, and the idea was that a river flows all flows in a circle and back up to its beginning. Rivers don't do that. Hmm. Listen, Finished. Uh, David was going to turn it into a, a street with street lamps. I, I wanted to back out at that point. And then, uh, then they decided to do it with a blue screen, which meant they kept the story. Uh, I was, I'd had it by then uh, with, with what the studio could do, my, do to my precious text. So David and I worked it out. Uh, he 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 was he, he needed help uh, fulfilling his promises. Uh, he gave me story ideas. I wrote the first draft. He he as collaborator finished them, and the story editor accepted them. Yeah, if it worked, it worked. That happened to two more of those. I mean, if 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 it was producing good stories and it was working, I guess that's that's the way it is. I mean, I've seen lots of collaborations over the years, so yeah, um, it worked. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, and I, and, and you know, Land of the Lost was fun to watch. So, uh, what do you mean, Gene? You 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 you've never seen Land of the Lost? Well, just type in on any of Amazon or TV. If you're on Roku or or any of those TV things like that, just type in; it'll come right up. <clears throat> or I imagine you can find it on several streaming services on uh, different services. Last time I seen it was on Amazon and Netflix, so it shouldn't be hard to find. It's probably on Hulu now, and Disney. Yeah, just type in; it's easy to find. Uh, uh, wait, sorry, I was trying to read this this question that went by, but I scrolled by entirely too fast. So, I mean, what what are you planning? On? I mean, you got you got what are you working on right now? Anything? You just taking it easy, taking a break, or? I'm working with uh, Stephen Barnes on a. Uh, well, an assassin who has to stop a, the destruction of a fusion plant on Greenland, on the Greenland ice cap. Something I've been wanting to do for years. Sounds fun. Gregory Benford and I had something going, but I'm afraid David's has, uh, that is Gregory has had a stroke. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hopefully he'll recover okay. And I've slowed way down since I was prolific. Uh, you know, we all we all get slower. Trust me, I got I've gotten slower over the years. I'm like, uh, but my uh, people around me are probably happy I've actually slowed down some. But uh, you know, 
I don't think I've slowed down any of it. I, I, you know, I, look, my, my rule is I'm going to keep going until they put me in a box. <laughs> That's just how it's going to be. Uh, or whatever they're going to do with me after I'm gone. But uh, I, I want to enjoy life and, I, and and stuff like that. Things that, I mean, writing seems like it makes you happy. You feel like you enjoy it and you're comfortable with it. And you're not just doing it for a career. Hmm. You know, and, and th- that probably shows through in the stories. I mean, I've, I've talked to enough authors now. I've, I mean, I've talked to several hundred authors now. So um, I've noticed the ones who are just writing, just to write, not to get rich, not to be millionaires. One, they usually seem to be more financially comfortable. And two, they seem to enjoy their overall writing more. Uh, you know, they just seem to enjoy it. It's, it's, I don't know. I guess maybe for some of y'all, it's an escape. I know, I know getting on here for me is an escape. So, I mean, do, do you use uh, any of your work? As an, it's just to get away from the real world for a while? Uh, yeah, sure. But, but uh, I need a story to, to back me up. Mm. <laughs> well, okay. Where I'm going. You got you to gotta have something to put your teeth into. Huh? So, okay, look. <laughs> I can't just sit here and twiddle my thumbs. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm curious, when you're, when you're co-authoring st- stories with authors like Stephen Barnes, you used to do a lot with uh, with Jerry Purnell. How did you do it? Did you do, you start off with the opening chapter and then they do the next one, take it how it goes, or do you lay out a timeline and storyline and then take it? How, how do you do that? We uh, we used to drink and talk until we had stories. Then Then later, Jerry gave up the drinking, so we used to hike and talk until we had a story. And, uh, and he'd helped me, he helped me on a story that was the burning city of fantasy. Said in Los Angeles, eight, 12,000 years ago when uh, magic still worked, right? Uh, he helped me on that one until he finally, he, we finally realized he had to get involved as collaborator. Burning City. Right. That's what I would give a uh, a Los Angeles person. person. So do you, when you do a book then, do you, whether you're working with Barnes, um, do you then flesh out the whole storyline and then start writing it? We're still, uh, we're still working on the structure. Uh, Steven has done a lot of text. Uh, and we may have a, a section of uh, of a book, or maybe we maybe it'll stand alone. We're not sure. Got it. Uh, I'm sorry. So I was getting five billion texts at one time. There, I was like, "Lord, people, stop." Um, mm-hmm. Wait, what's that? All right. So, Chris. Chris, Christopher Reed, like in Christopher Reeve, like the Superman guy, really give me a break, man. It's, it's, it's really your name. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so what you want him to write for? So he's just, this gentleman whose name is Christopher Reeves. He says that's his real name. He's from Miami, Florida. And he, he wants to know uh, if, what would you write for a new Superman? Uh, well, he can't just give you his ideas, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> I wrote my Superman article, Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex, uh, decades ago, many decades, 50 years, maybe. Uh, 
I, ha I, I haven't been able to do that kind of riff on other, other, other superheroes. Other superheroes are too well, uh, too well designed. Yeah. I, I have wondered about uh, Reed Richards' sex life. <laughs> I would, when you write that, I want to know about that. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, uh, he can he can attain any shape. You know that that's a good point. I never thought of it like that, but that that that's actually a damn good point. <laughs> See, you need to write something like that, Larry. That shit'll be great. It'll be hilariously funny too. Um, what do you mean, Christopher? You don't know who Reed Richards is. You don't you don't watch superheroes. You know the Fantastic Fan Fantastic Four. Uh, no, you don't know who they are. <laughs> Where are you from? Are you like from a different country or something? No, I'm just curious. I mean, so, I mean, some superheroes you should just know because they've been everywhere in our country for every. Uh, doesn't matter how old you are. There's some superheroes you should just know. Well, I, I, you know. Well, where are you? Where are you from? Australia? Oh, you from New Zealand? You are Kiwi? Well, hello, Kiwi. How you doing? Maybe that's why you don't know who the Fantastic Four. Look it up. Look up Reed Richardson. You know, you know what Larry and I are talking about. I'm surprised. I thought Marvel Comics was everywhere. Uh, as far as I know, Marvel Comics is everywhere. This 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 Kiwi must live out in some harsh form out in the middle of nowhere or something. Anyway, he doesn't know. Uh, yes, he doesn't. So I, I still think I think it's a, a kind of funny. That's like not knowing that you know Los Angeles has a fault line there. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, it's one of those things. Um, okay, Bruce, um, what was it? When? Well, he said he was dreaming in school, so uh, he's he's just writing in. He's where are you from? You from LA? Okay. Anyway, he he was writing in asking. What age were you when you really started writing? Um, not not just playing around, but just writing, writing. Actually, saying, "Okay, I'm I'm here. I'm, I'm writing." Um, and I was twenty-four. No, you was just a baby. Oh yeah, Harlem yeah. got started yeah. earlier than I did. Uh, what do you mean, Pete? Oh, you want to know if you went to school for writing? Well, I guess I'll ask him. Hmm. Did you Did you go to school for writing? <laughs> no. I went to schools that had writing programs, writing lessons. Yeah, and, see. Uh, they were both. They, they were very good at that. What's that mean? Well, that way you, you can get two educations at one time. Yeah. Because yeah, that's that's what I did when I joined the service. I, 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 Carpentry in California. Uh, Cali, Oh, so you wanted to wait? Right, what? So Michelle Reed's right in. She's saying, where are you from? She, you're from California too. What is everything tonight's in from California? She, you she, want, she wants she wants you to write Escape from San Francisco. <laughs> I don't you know, I don't know if that's sarcastic or if you for real here or not, but you really escapes. Uh, well, I don't know. Snake Biskin's guy, he's kind, kind of old to be escaping from San Francisco. <laughs> I'm just leaving that alone. There's so many ways I can go with that. I'm just leaving that alone. That's going to get me in trouble. I can already tell. There's um, who's escaping? You mean Nancy Pelosi? Yeah, see, I'm just leaving this alone. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, who is this? Hold on. Let me, see. Let me move this over where I can actually see who's texting me. Uh, who is this? Elizabeth. Hey, Elizabeth, where are you from? Boston. Hello. Are you, are you going to party in your car around the corner? So, what do you got for us there? So she she was hoping that you would write something in like a deep space sci-fi where they're jumping all around to different worlds and making deals. Are you talking like something like Serenity or or something different? Well, I'm just asking, so I got an idea what you're what you're looking for. So you're just like a group of people in one ship that are going around, or is it just? Well, you got to tell a man what you want. You probably ain't gonna write it for you, but you can still tell him. So you just want you want so anyway she's wanting you to write something that has has a really good crew much better than what you would see on something like Star Trek, uh, be a little bit more stable in the way the universe works and have them going around visiting different worlds. That sounds a lot like Star Trek. Don't we have strange new worlds out there? Oh, so she's saying she's saying she wants it without lessons. No. Yeah. Without, uh, without, <laughs> without being woke, um, I don't know if you can, you can do that anymore, sweetie. You know what? In all fairness, you know I give I give woke people a hard time, but people don't realize if you go back and watch the original series Star Trek, it was pretty damn woke. We just didn't care back then. For some reason, yeah. we care now. Oh yeah, no, that Star Trek's got a lot of firsts, including the first white man kiss, kiss a black woman on television. There's a lot of firsts there. And a lot of lessons going through Gene Roddenberry's head back in the day. I don't know. Maybe he felt America needed some kind of moral guidance. I have no idea what was going on. Um, who? That's John. That's not Larry. That's Larry up in the top corner. That's John on the bottom. What do you want to know? Oh, no. So that, I can answer that. John don't have to answer that. So it's galaxypress.com. Yes. It's if you want to buy something, if you want to join or become a writer or submit something or just take the course, writersofthefuture.com. Yeah, I'll use that as a point of a, of a bridge here on this. So Larry's been a judge for Writers of the Future for 30 plus years. He, he received a, uh, you know, one Harvard Lifetime Achievement Award probably 20 years ago. And um it's it's we've we've almost got a thousand different uh, writers and artists that we've celebrated over the last. This is our fortieth year, so I'm very anxious, Larry, for you, when you come this year to the awards ceremony, because it's going to be a real special deal celebrating four decades of of helping writers and artists. So that you've been part of that since almost the beginning, which has been awesome. I like being a judge. I like the judging of the stories. It gets keeps me entertained. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, like it's new voices. It's the new voices, you know. So he's Larry's helping to decide where science fiction is going in the in the years to come because in that, invariably three or four of the winners are going to be the big published authors, you know, five, six, seven years down the road, and um, it's just it just pans out every year. So this is great that he's helping to to, to direct the future of science fiction and fantasy as one of the judges. You know, since we're on this, on this particular thing, and I'll let you talk in just a second. We have this this collection behind me from 30 to 39. See, it's in a beautiful thing. I'll take it down and show you all in a minute. Since Larry's on and he's been with him for so long, and this is one of the ones that we're going to give away. We're going to go ahead and give it away tonight. You have to tell me, though, 
You have the whole show. We got 20 minutes left. You have to tell me what was the first thing Larry ever wrote. And you have to be with, you have to be caller 30 or 31 because I know y'all never get on the same one. And it's yours. I know. I know. No, you, you already got one anyway. You can't have one. <laughs> what book are you giving away? So let me pull it down. Hold on. Give me a second, guys. The whole set of volumes 30 to 39. It's a flip grenade. So here we go. Well, hold on. I'm all tangled up in wires now. Let me get this out of the way. So this is the this is the actual collection. And then of course you've got this beautiful artwork on it and stuff. So when you're looking at it, whoop, Joe's trying to dump the books out on it. Now this is all around. It's not just on the back, it's all around. It's really nice. Now, this is it, people. This one's going today. Yes. These are all good stories. I can tell y'all for myself because I've read all of them now. And uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm trying to wreck stuff up. Let's go put it back where it belongs. What, those back there? No, nobody's getting those. Those, those, are, those are classics. That's all the great philosophers. And not only that, it's a special collection. Y'all are not getting y'all fingers on that. No. Sorry. Um, but we will give these away today. You got to tell me Larry's very first thing you ever wrote. I guess you could cheat and go to Wikipedia or you can go back and listen to the stories we were talking about earlier in the show. Either way, if you number 30 or for some reason 30 gets around 31, but who was the first one after 30 to get it right? It's yours. Yes. Well, I hate to see it go because it's been a backdrop for me for a while, but it's, you know, it was, it was designed to be given away. That's what it was up there for. Um, we just, so, well, no, it's, it's a good it's honor on Larry because Larry's been a great judge forever. And, and Larry's a lot of fun to talk to when we're at the, at the gala. And um, so you got to just tell me his first story. If you keep it up, I'll make y'all tell me his first and his last. So you, you better get it straight <laughs> the first time. I but uh, one of these spoilers. Yes. So, yeah. So Larry, you're gonna you're gonna say something a bit ago? Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm so. Void of void of things to say. <laughs> uh, that's that's my brain half the time. It's it's fishing around in there for something to say. I, I, story that Larry that um, got you inspired for science fiction for me my first story that I read that I just absolutely I read it twice um, was Lensman series by E. Doc Smith I just loved that series it was just like I got totally enmeshed I read the Skylark series too that he wrote but the Lensman series to me was like way cool yeah I came to the Lensman series late uh, I, I wish I'd discovered it when I was younger yeah, it developed that love in science fiction for me. So it really was, uh, for me, the golden age of science fiction was as, as a teen. You know, that's, mm. for me, that's when it was. It really got me hooked. Mm. Let's see. Uh, Carolyn Rosin's writing. Hey, Carolyn, how you been? Carolyn Rosin, I don't, I, you're probably not familiar with her, Larry. She is uh, Werner von Braun's assistant's assistant. Uh, that's she. She used to work for them doing the space program. How are you doing, Carolyn? You, everything's good. Life's treating you good. Lecture tour is doing good. Nice to see you in the room with us tonight. What you got? What you got for Larry? Oh well, I can ask him. So she she was asking if you could do a, a series on Mars. Uh, you, Mars. 
You mean like you mean wait? What was the like the Martian Chronicles? Is that what you're talking about? That's the only real series I can think of from Mars is the Martian Chronicles, and then the very new series, the series Mars. There's a, there's Christ a new Earth did a whole thing on Mars too. Several Mars stories while they were changing Mars, while the uh, the probes were changing Mars. Every time they changed Mars, I had to write a new story. Yeah, and, and that a bit about So what was what was your your most popular Mars story, Larry? Um, I I have no idea. <laughs> they all published in magazines, and then I went on writing. Got it. Yeah. Uh, well, no, yeah. Well, you know, I, I I do remember the Mars Chronicles. I can't. Who was that that wrote that? No, that wasn't Ryan Very. Who was that that wrote that? I I can't remember. It's too long ago. But uh, no, he's a famous writer. Whoever he is, it, it might even been the guy who did. Uh, um. Which I'm gonna call it on Mars. No, not not Robinson Crusoe on Mars. That's a whole different story. That's a whole different writer, is what I meant. Yeah. Uh, Ray Bradbury wrote Martian Chronicles. Yeah. Okay. I so, I just can't retrieve the name. Yeah. So 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 yeah. No. No. They, they, I mean, the series was okay. I mean, Red, I don't. Green I, I don't Mars, blue Mars. Yeah. Green Mars, okay. Blue Mars. You know, they still got that Green Mars, Blue Mars stuff going on today. Uh, and then they've got oh no, now what they got? No, they got Red Mars, Blue Mars. One one group they got these books now about keeping Mars pristine and terraforming Mars into a, a blue planet. I'm like, I tell y'all, people, I ain't living on Mars if I if I got to walk around with an oxygen mask and a, and, a, and a suit on all the time. I can deal with the oxygen mask, but I don't be wearing pressure suits. So you're gonna have to do some terraforming. I'm just telling you. Besides, it's not gonna be Mars in in ten years or twenty years. Elon will be taking it over. It'll be it'll be Elon Muskville. Yes, he's gonna he's gonna change the name of Mars to Elon in the <laughs> Elon world. Yes, <clears throat> that's what's gonna happen. Y'all think he's I'm telling y'all, he is the evil guy from Moonraker. That's who he is. But anyway, go ahead. Larry, oh, go ahead. That was too much. Mm. What were you saying to Larry? I was saying that they'll change the name of Mars to Barsoom if they do anything at all. Oh, that would be cool if they did that, though. Yeah. I see. I could live with that. I could live with that. Uh, what was the name of that story? Um, well, that was Edgar Rice Burroughs. His whole series there. Yeah, yeah. but but, but what, what was who is he? John on Mars or what the hell was it? Mars. Yeah. Okay. I if, see. I couldn't remember for nothing. Oh no! It's, the new one's good. I enjoy it. Well, there's two new ones actually. People, one's much better than the other one though. Mm-hmm. But Barsoom would work for me. I could I could live with that. I really could. And you know what? I think it actually sounds better than old funky ass Mars. Uh, go go. It's uh, John Carpenter stories. Go go check them out. John Car yeah, John Carter. Yeah, it's John Carter on Mars. So yeah, yeah. It, go check it out. And uh, it's it's a good. It's it's funny as hell. That's all I can tell you. Well, it's got some seriousness to it. It's got some pretty good sci-fi in it as well. And, but there's a lot of comedy in it as well too. So. Well, I got to tell you, I'm going to be honest about this. To me, most sci-fi, to me, it doesn't matter what it's about. It has to have some comedy because I learned, you know, working in special forces and doing everything in my life, even in the most stressful situations where your ass is about to get your head blown off, somebody's going to crack a joke. And that's the real world. In the fake world, everybody's going to be like, but in the real world, somebody's going to be like, uh-uh. Because once stress reaches a certain point, you have to break the ice or it'll take you over. And one of fact, one of the things we were taught in the service was when you got to a certain level of stress was to crack a joke. 
Mm-hmm. Kept you from getting your head blown off. I know people don't ask me. I'm not a psychologist. I was just there. Uh, but I do, you know, well, Star Trek was full of, what are you talking about? Star Trek didn't have comedy in it. Star Trek had all kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was, it was hilarious. Um, the only thing I know recently that was done was, um, oh, what the hell was the name of it? The, uh, it was a remake of, um, damn, see, getting old is a bit sometimes. It's, um, yes. So, <laughs> did, <laughs> all right, Larry, you got me beat, but still. So originally the first one was kind of campy and kind of funny. Uh, and uh, it's the one when they did with the 12 colonies and. Uh, the robots go and kill everybody. And then the first one had a lot of comedy. The second one was much more serious. The series was, well, I should say the third one, actually. The series was much, you had Starbuck was uh, was one of the main characters. And why, I can't remember. This is beyond me. Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Thank you, Larry. Because it was not coming. So the, the very first Battlestar Galactica was just funny. It was kind of stupid, kind of campy. Kind of good, good, get some good sci fi in it, but it was kind of campy. The second one was even a little more campy, and then the third one was just really serious. Uh, it was a little too serious for me. I just, there needed to be some kind of, because Starbuck to start off with in, in the first two series was insane and did stupid stuff and, and, and was funny sometimes. And the, the new series, she was just, well, she was just pissed. It's <laughs> about the only is way. Starbuck is a she because Starbuck was originally a he. Yeah, in the third, in the third one, she's she's a she, and uh, I should say she's a she. But it was anyway, Starbuck was a she in the third one, and and the actor was a good actor. She's played another other side. Matter of fact, she's in um, in Mandalorian. She's playing the woman in charge of the the um, in the charge of the Mandalorians. So she's 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 been around for a while. She's a pretty decent actress. Just like the Chinese lady who plays and she's plays and she was in Shield and a bunch of other stuff and um, so you, you but the problem was is there was just no comedy in it none and the guy who was who was playing the villain actually he was a pretty funny actor and this just was nothing and, and that was it for me and don't get me wrong a lot of people liked it I just personally just thought they needed to be a joke or two in it didn't even have to be a lot just something to to break up the drama it was just too much drama. My brain was just overloaded on drama. What's that, Marty? What do you got? Larry seems like a really nice guy. He is a really nice guy. I've met him like three times. He's been very nice, very cordial, and very nice every time I've met him. Wait, what you want him to write? Oh, wait, wait. Let me get this now. Are you serious? So Marty wants you to write. She wants you to write Godzilla takes over Moscow. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, because Putin might come get you, man. You better be careful talking about it. Moscow. Oh, no, baby. I don't, I don't think that's a legit story. But still, what are you saying that since the Japanese work for the Americans now that, that Godzilla only only attacks Moscow? All right, all right if you say so. Uh, no, nah, if you say so, I'm, I'm good with that. Larry, Larry's like, you're crazy, but uh, we're good with that. Uh, what's that? Oh, you went and made your name Reed Richards. So actually, you must have went and looked up who Reed Richards was, so you could make a name Reed Richards. <laughs> oh man! So what, what's what, what? What's your question or what's your comment for that matter? Because I don't know if you got a question or comment. 
Oh, you want him to write? So you want him, what do you want him to write? He seems like a pretty busy man. I mean, y'all need to start paying this man. Maybe I should do a startup and pay this guy to get him to write y'all some stuff. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. Oh no, 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 no. So first off, that Sean Hazlitt writes that kind of stuff. He writes. Um, right now, he wrote uh, uh, Weird World China. Uh, he does trilogies with him. Yes. No. You. No, that's not. That's not. That's not. Uh, no, you just know him because he was on, on with me a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's all that was. Yeah, sorry about that. No, this was somebody who was trying to get you to write about um, a, a, a futuristic World War Three. Then one of so the. Have you done any near near future science fiction? Get into my football. Football. That's near future. Okay. That, that's my uh, World War Three approach oh okay can you tell me just a little bit about it without giving away the book <laughs> it's a it's an alien invasion of earth in present time yeah i can i can go with that kind of stuff time was in the 1980s or 90s well see well you can slip some comedy into the 80s now because the 80s the whole decade was comedy <laughs> Especially with the hairdos. Um, what is that, Marcus? Where, where are y'all from? You know, I, I like you to tell me where you're from. It's, it's one of those pet peeves of mine. So, uh, where are you from? Cha, cha, what? Chahula? Chahula, Brazil? I've never heard of it. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. But anyway, how you doing down in there, Brazil? Nice to see you writing in. Um, what? Oh, oh, okay. He was just. Right in the compliment you. He had seen some of the Lost World uh, with your with you. I guess that some, your name must be on it or something because he was just telling me uh, he had seen some that you had written. Okay, and it's, uh, so yeah, well, I liked Lost Worlds. It was a little campy, but I still liked it. I, again, people, I like a little funniness in it. I can't help myself. Uh, yeah, because even just put this in perspective for y'all. Hurricane Katrina comes in here, wipes out everything. So, you know, I got a construction business. I have a whole family with me and friends. So I load up my trucks, load up the generators, go pick up everybody. We sing and dance and we're cutting trees out the way. We're having a ball while everybody else around us is crying in devastation. It's all about how you handle things. That's why I like to see just a little comedy in sci-fi. Because for us, even though there was devastation completely around us, we were still enjoying life. Because if you don't, you're going to end up biting a big one early. Anyway, I'm sorry, Larry. Uh, you got a website you want to tell anybody where they can find you or anywhere they, they can go shopping for you? Well, he's at LarryDenver.com, but he's also all over on Amazon. And he's on um, anywhere you can buy books. He's, he's in all the different bookstores and Barnes and & Noble and Books A Million and um, in Canada and South America, South in Africa. He, you're translating other languages too, right, Larry? I've translated. I've been translated into great, into a great many languages. Yeah, he's all over in other, in other translations too. The last well, time I watched the Sleaver weapon, it it was in uh, it was in Germany and in German subtitled. I'd have to give that to the, the wife to read to hear read this to me. She spent a lot of time over there in Germany when she was young. Uh, Marcus, we got time for like two questions, so be legit, make them legit questions. 
Oh, well, okay. So we were talking about uh, Galactica. He said, why can't you just write like 12, 12 like a miniseries of Galactica? How do you know he wouldn't even do that? He may not even been a fan of Galactica, Bruce. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Larry. Um, I guess people are fishing for somebody to write some good sci-fi is all it is because there's not much out there right now. It's um, do you, Let me ask a personal question besides all these crazies. Do you have any, like right now, whatever's going on, I know we talked about Altered Carbon, which is fairly recent. Anything else fairly recent that sci-fi-wise that you enjoy? Because for me right now, I'm having a hard time just finding something that really just, you know, grabs me. I, I got hooked on Neil Stevenson, if I've got the right name. Cryptonomicon, uh, uh, for instance. Oh, well, I'll go check it out because, I, I, like I said, I need I need some some serious sci-fi. I'm I'm, I'm just kind of later stuff. I have a problem learning names, and I have a problem learning so names of new writers. By the time I've memorized uh, some somebody good, he's an old writer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad. I'm the same way. I'm lousy with names. Good with faces, but lousy with names. Uh, mm-hmm. I I have to hear your name probably fifty a hundred times before it actually sticks in my head. And uh, unless it's one of them really, really, really easy names. And even then, sometimes it, it doesn't want to stick. Um, no, we just asked him if he'd write Galactica. Why are y'all on Galactica all of a sudden? Just because we brought it up one time. Did you think you figured out his first, his, what the first thing he wrote was? I didn't say his first book. I said the first thing he wrote. Y'all pay attention. I didn't say anything about novels or anything else. I just said the first thing he wrote. Y'all going to have to go back and listen to the show if, you're gonna, if you really want to know the truth. We'll see. We'll see who gets it. I know somebody's going to win it because I know y'all been listening for a while tonight. Average listening time tonight seventy eight minutes, so um, which is about how long we've been on. Yes. Well, uh, Kareen says you were very nice. It was very nice to hear you tonight, and uh, she hopes you're around to write many, 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 many more books. Well, that was sweet of you, Kareen. Nice to hear you. Where are you from, Kareen? Yeah. Uh, Portland, Oregon. Hey. Well, nice to hear you over there in Portland. That's uh. Uh, well, I, I started telling people, why don't you give me the f- closest big city to you? Because some of these little cities, y'all come up with these names. I'm like, like Saskatchewan. I'm like, really? You know, unfortunately, I can say Saskatchewan, but still, it, I didn't even think it was a real city the first time I heard it. Let's, uh, you know, where are you from? Aline. Aline, where are you from, Aline? Niagara Falls, Canada. Yes, you know, that's where my uh, station manager lives in Niagara. Well, not anymore, but it's where she used to live in Niagara Falls, Canada. Which, what do you got? What do you got? Oh, you just... Oh, you've, you've read... So, Aline apparently is a fan of yours and has been reading you for... How many decades? Three? Damn, well, you've been around writing for three decades? I've been around writing for five decades. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, well, Aline actually is a big fan, and uh, she says she has many, many stories and magazine clippings and all sorts of other stuff that you've written. Seems like she's a collector. Well, write to write to Larry, get his email off one of the websites, and write to him and tell him hi. You know. Well, you have to catch him somewhere if you want to get an autograph. I, I can't help you with that. There's nothing I can do for you with that. What yeah, you want to? Yeah. You you you. you uh, no, you, you're not allowed to just walk up to anybody at the Gailey. They will arrest you. <laughs> just so you know ahead of time. You, you can't just... No, no, no. That shit don't work like that. I'm sorry to tell you guys. Uh, no, no, no. It doesn't work like that. 
No, I would write to I would write to Mr. Nevin and say, "Hey, you know, I got this, this, or this," and 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 ask him. Maybe he's going to be somewhere near you, or maybe you can send it to him. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, let's see one more question, and we're going to go. This is from Kareem. Kareem, where are you at? You are in where? Oh, and um, why can't I? My brain went right. It went out. Of, no, because you said it like that, but it's San Diego, California. I know where you are, but the way you said it made me think it was um, where the Raiders used to be. Oakland? Yeah, there's something the way you said it. No, I was stationed in San Diego. I love San Diego. It's a beautiful place. And the ground didn't shake that much when I was there either. So anyway, what, what do you got for Mr. What, so what do you got for us? And well, thank you. We all appreciate you writing in and, and your grad. So, so you've been also following him for three, three and a half decades. Well, I'm sure he's appreciating that. Buy many, many more books. What you haven't read, you should go out today and buy. Yes, and, uh, you know, Kate, save them for next Christmas. Hey, you know, birthday presents, Christmas presents. You know, one thing I can tell you is there are a lot of sci-fi fans in this country. And uh, just get out there and buy them. What do you mean? What, what would he? So, wait. what? So, I'll ask him, but you tell me what kind of fan do you consider yourself to be? You consider yourself to be a light, light sci-fi with a fantasy twist is what he considers himself. He wanted to know what would you recommend from your library to read? Yeah, Rainbow Mars. Up oh, there you go. Right off the bat. No, we ain't asking what it is because we gotta go. Is we, we gotta go, people. And I no, do my, want to plug in at this point too for Writers of the Future. Larry's a judge, and like he said, he's he loves reading the stories, and you're guaranteed to find good stories in Writers of the Future every yes. year. We publish 12 new authors, and uh, Larry's been part of the on the on the cusp of helping to discover these new writers. So that's something we're very excited about. So anybody who's who wants to write and submit, you can go to writersofthefuture.com and submit your story, or you go to Galaxy Press, or to Barnes and Noble, or to Books a Million, or to Indigo, or wherever in other countries. And get a copy of, uh, of a Rise of Future book and read and see for yourself why it is that it's considered the best of the best new writers. And these are those, these are the writers not that I selected, but that Larry and other judges as himself have selected as the best new writers. You, you know, since you said that, I got I got one more question. So, so Larry, I know you're reading all these stories, and I, and I've I've read the, like the last five, well, I've more than that now. But um, do, how do you feel about the cropper writers coming in to the sci-fi world? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I know you see a lot of writers come through. I mean, I've personally met almost uh, 50 myself from Writers of the Future. I mean, how do you feel? Do you feel that the sci-fi world is going to be in good hands in the future? Yeah, I uh, I haven't kept good track, but there is some, there's some good science fiction out there. Uh, Someone very ambitious by my standards. Well, that makes me feel better. It truly does. Anyway, guys and girls, we got to go. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to United Public Radio and the Authors Quill. You had Larry Nevin with us and White, with who's a prolific writer who is, is actually quite famous. And if you look him up, you'll find he has many, 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 many credits to his name. So you should get out there and check them all out. Um, actually, uh, Earl asked something earlier. Is all your work still in published? Is it all still being published? I think most of it is in uh, is in in. In print. Okay, in print. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Get out there and check it out. <clears throat> we got to go. Again, no, people. You can't just walk up and do that. Uh, 
you can write to John. John John's all over the place. Go over to galaxypress.com and use your email and make it attention to John. And I'm not giving you his email because you might be some crazy person. Um no, do it like that. And if you know if it's something legit, if it's something on a website, just go on a website. And if you if you can't find what you're looking for, just write to somebody off the website. Yes. It's a pretty straightforward website. Yes, it is. It's 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 pretty straightforward. But anyway, we got to go. I want to thank everyone for tuning in United Public Radio and Authors Quill. Uh, Larry, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. You have been absolutely fabulous. Guys and girls, uh, we got a lot of different people coming up over the next kind of couple of weeks. I know Jeffrey uh, will be hosting in two weeks, so y'all can catch him. I don't know who he's got on. He's probably going to be some Bigfoot guy or some shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, something something scary like that. And, and then I know Carlos Wellis is going to come host a show in about five weeks with us. And Carlos Wellis, guys, is a... Is a uh, prosecutor out of new york city he's going to come host a show on sci-fi actually on that but again thanks again for tuning in tonight i will see everybody on well i gotta sign somebody on on monday so i'll see y'all on there until then enjoy your life enjoy your weekend have some fun and look at least try being nice to somebody good night everybody <laughs>